So we're talking about this course that we're doing. It's a Harvest Time course in our Bible Institute. We're taking some time to do some Bible Institute courses. And, and uh, this, a course, is actually from Harvest Time, uh, which has a lot of courses out there. And we, we use them. I think they're very good. And this a particular course is called Creative Bible Study Methods. And I'm sort of condensing some of the information because they actually have it in 21 lessons. And there's, they, we can't go that far because uh, it, it can be condensed. So. We're, we're pressing into some of these things, and we're talking about uh, how to study the Bible. And so the last couple of weeks, I've, I've been introducing the Bible to you. Over the next few weeks, I want to talk about ways to study uh, the Bible. And, and so there's different types of Bible study, and, and uh, there's sort of a general study, and then there's, uh, you know, there's a book study, and there's a chapter study, and there's a passage study, and there's a verse study, and you should know how to do all those things, and we'll be talking about them. But I, I sort of want to connect with today, and perhaps the best way to begin to study the Bible is to learn what the Bible says about itself. And, and so we're going to spend some time talking about that together to, uh, today. And so the, um, the Bible is the eternal Word. And, and, and here's what's fascinating. Um, in, in, uh, in sort of the natural, if you would, Books, uh, many books are only sort of valid for a short period of time. For example, a, a book on medical procedures may only be valid for a few years because things are changing all the time. A book on computers um, changes every six months or so, so uh, or whatever that might be. A book on, you know, things, they change very quickly. A lot of things change all the time. Um, but God's Word, it's eternal, and it's applicable in all times. Um, the, the Bible was relevant in the past, it's relevant in the present, and it will be relevant in the future. That's what makes it, uh, you know, such an amazing book. You think about how old it is and how relevant it is for today, uh, it's, it's a wonderful, wonderful thing that, that we have it, and that's because it's the Word of God. Psalm 119.89 says, Your Word, O Lord, is eternal, and it stands firm in the heavens. Now, I put these first few verses in your notes if you picked up a thing back there, but after that, we're going to start going there ourselves, and I want to make sure you can all find Bible verses, okay? I know most of you can, but I want to make sure that, that if you were stuck on an island with nothing but a Bible, you could read it, okay? Because your phone quit working, and uh, you need to know how to get to. So, uh, this next verse is also in your notes, and we're talking about the Word, the eternal Word, First Peter 1, 23, for you have been born again not of perishable seed, but of imperishable through the living and enduring Word of God. So here we see that the, this verse reveals that God's Word not only lasts forever, it lives forever. God is, always has been. We serve a living God. God is inseparable from His Word, and because God lives, His Word lives and is relevant for all time. So you need to know when you're reading the Bible that it's eternal, and it's, it's amazing, and there's something about it. It's not like any other book because it's, it's uh, somehow it, it lives, and the Holy Spirit breathes life into it, and it, the Holy Spirit will reveal to us. He'll reveal to us things um, as we read it that, that are important for us to know, and He illuminates Scripture. It's an amazing thing um, reading the Bible. When you, when you come to know Jesus and you begin to read the Bible, it's, 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 it's just life-changing. If you um, had read the Bible before you knew Jesus, it's, it's different. 
um, there's something about coming to Christ and being filled with the Spirit that, that helps us just sort of take this on in a whole different way. And one of the things I love about reading the Bible is every time that I start to read it, and I could read stuff that I've read many, many times, the Holy Spirit will make it just pop alive in ways that I've never seen it before. And, uh, you know, I've, I've told you very importantly, it stays in context and all the things that have to happen. We've talked about that. But it's because of this, uh, it's amazing nature, it's alive, and, and God speaks to us through His Word, and so it, it's, it's an amazing thing. Isaiah 48 says this, that the grass withers and the flowers fall, but the Word of our God stands forever. So that verse says that this, this His Word, will, it will exist forever. It, it will not perish like the things that we see around us in the natural world. So the world. So you need to know that as you read the Bible, this is there's something that separates it from everything else. There's nothing quite like it that has ever been written or will ever be written, and it's uh, it's it's just an amazing book because at, in in some way it's alive because it's the Word of God and the Holy Spirit speaks to us through the Word. Now, the Word has purposes, and so as you study. You, uh, you, you begin to sort of understand that, that God gave His Word to accomplish specific purposes um, or objectives or goals, and they're written throughout the Scripture. And so uh, I think I put a list of them in there, right, on your, on your handout, and, uh, but just Scripture references. So I want to make sure that everybody understands how Scripture references work. So it says that the Word produces faith in the gospel. You see that? And then it says Acts 4.4. So what would you do to look up that verse? You should know this, and I'm sure most of you do, but just in case, because it's not always talked about, and sometimes we assume stuff, and maybe you've just been typing in Acts 4.4, and, and the work's been doing all the work. So you want to go to the book of Acts. Now, um, the book of Acts is in the New Testament, and and as you start doing this more and more, you can find out that it's book number five, because it goes Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, and then Acts. Those first four that I just talked about, those are known as the Gospels, and that's how they start. The book of Acts is next. The book of Acts is the history of the church. It's a great book to read, and really, you should read it. Um, and uh, the book of Acts, and these are the things that you sort of get. It was written by Luke, uh, who also wrote one of the Gospels, and he was a great historian, and so the Gospel of Luke really tells us about the ministry of Jesus, and the book of Acts tells us about the early church. And so uh, if you read, um, so I, you know, last week I, I suggested if you'd never read any of the Bible before, start with the book of John, but another really good couple of things to read would be to read the book of Luke and then to read the book of Acts, because you find out all about the ministry of Jesus and you find out about what was happening with the early church. And, and Luke has a great way of presenting those things. Anyway. You're going to go to the book of Acts. So you're going to go to the New Testament. You're going to go Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. And then you're going to find Acts. And then those next markers are Acts. And then it's the fourth chapter and the fourth verse. That's what's going on there. And so I'm going there, and I realize I have to have my glasses on. Because I can't go like this on my Bible and make it bigger. I try it all the time. It's like, why doesn't that work? <sighs> you have to go like this and put glasses on. Acts 4.4. But many who heard the message believed, and the number of men grew to about 5,000. So the word produces faith in the gospel. It's 
It's uh, because they heard the message. They heard the word, and as they heard it, they believed and responded, and they came to Christ. So let's look at a few more together. Uh, it, it says one of the purposes of the word is that it cleanses, and then it says John 15, 3. So John, so it's Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. And, you know, there's no shame in this as you learn your Bibles, especially if you've been doing it electronically for a while. There's a table of contents in the Bible. No shame in using the table of contents to find a book in the Bible until you get used to it. Uh, some some of you might have, some Bibles had neat little tabs on them at some point, but really the the uh, the iPad and the computer have, have sort of cut into a lot of that. But if, you, if you're not sure where something is, just look it up, all right? But you should know this. So John chapter 15 and verse 3 says, You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. So it's talking about the purpose of the, the Bible. And as we read the Bible, it cleanses us. It helps us get rid of uh, all of the mess of um, the brokenness of our lives, and, and so we're, we're spiritually cleansed, and the Word of God does that because it gets to, uh, the Word tells us how, to, how we're supposed to live and the things that we're supposed to do. Uh, in Ephesians 5.26, let's go there. So, uh, Ephesians is one of Paul's letters, also in the New Testament, and, and, uh, and so if you, if you go through, you're going to find that the book of Acts finishes, and it leads into the book of, anybody know? Romans. And that's one of the first of Paul's letters. And after you get through Romans, you're going to go through First and Second Corinthians. And then you're going to, well, see, I always remember it as Gentiles eat pork chops. So you're going to go through First and Second Corinthians. And then, and then so it's Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians. That's how you get those next. So it's, it took the first letter and it's Gentiles eat pork chops. How do you remember it? Go eat popcorn. I know that's good, but Gentiles eat pork chops is good too. So you know when Douglas was a younger, young man, he, he, and and younger, much younger person, he's still a young man. Then um, they would do Bible spinoffs in in the youth group, and for candy and stuff, he always won because. <laughs> He was hanging around, all, and he, he had all those little tricks. So he was like, come on, let's do some Bible games. And he would come home with all this candy. And what happened? There was Bible games at church. I said, okay, not really fair. So uh, Galatians and then Ephesians. And these are the letters that Paul wrote. Ephesians 5, 26 says right there, to make her holy, cleansing her by the washing with water through the Word. So it's a picture of being cleansed through the Word of God. Let's do one more. If you hear and believe, it brings eternal life. That's, and that's back in the Gospel of John. So go back a few. And remember, it's Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, chapter 5, verse 24. I tell you the truth. Whoever hears my word and believes him who sent me has eternal life and will not be condemned. He is crossed over from death to life. So if you hear the word, the gospel, and you respond to it, it brings eternal life. You give your, you place your life and give your life to Christ in faith, you move from death to life. And, and so um, I have a lot of verses in there, and one of the things I'd like you to do is take that sheet home and, and to start doing a Bible study, just start looking up each one of those verses and read what it has to say. 
Now, if you have plenty of time, you oh, that's that won't take very long. You should really read the verses in context, okay? Which means you should kind of back up a few verses and read there and read past it a few verses and see if it still fits. And remember, if you see anything like a therefore, what do you got to do? You have to figure out what it's there for. Okay, good. Because it's there for a reason, or it wouldn't say it. And it's, usually it says, therefore, means make sure you've checked up everything up, or else everything will come out of context. All right. So, the, the word has purpose, and you can see a lot of them there. All right. Another thing that happens in the Bible, there's a lot of symbols in the Bible. And um, uh, symbols are used to describe uh, the Word of God. Uh, so, uh, you know, you know a symbol, something that represents something else. There's a lot, like on, um, we have the American flags over there. And on the American flag, there are stars. And the stars represent states. So, it, you know, is the star a state? Well, no, of course not. But it's a symbol, right? And so it's a picture. It's something we all respond to right away. Well, the Bible has a lot of symbols in it. And so sometimes they'll be talking about something, but it, it has, because it's a symbol for something, you need to know that. So, so let's look up some of those and check it out. So I want you to go to the book of James. James is further back in, in, uh, towards the end of the New Testament. And it's uh, chapter 1, verse 23 and 27. All right. No, I guess I just found that I had some folded pages. I'm there already. Oh, do you think oh, he doesn't know where it is? No, I'm good. Well, that's good. I wasn't rushing because I'm, I'm trying to be cool so everybody has time. Yeah, he's playing Bible games. There's no candy to be won. <sighs> There's some brownies that have been sitting out for a couple hours now. <laughs> All right, James 1.23. So, the, the Bible's like a mirror. Let's read what it says. Anyone who listens to the Word but does not do what it says is like a man who looks at his face in a mirror and after looking at himself goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. But the man who looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues to do this, not forgetting what he has heard but doing it, he will be blessed in what he does. If anyone considers himself religious and yet does not keep a tight rein on his tongue, he deceives himself and his religion is worthless. Religion that God our Father accepts is pure and faultless as this, to look after orphans and widows in their distress and to keep oneself from being polluted by the world. So um, when, when you look into a mirror, uh, you know, that you, you understand it reflects your physical image. But when you look into a mirror, um, like at, when you look into God's Word, like a mirror, the Bible reflects your, your true spiritual condition. That's what the Bible's doing. So it's acting like a mirror. And so you, you get these pictures. And so, you know, when we, we start to read the Bible and we're reading things about, you know, what life is supposed to be like, it sort of gives us a picture of how we're doing. And, uh, but it's funny, though, when you, you, you ever think about a mirror, I don't, I don't, some of you have been here for a long time, but I used to be larger than I am now. And so when I would get into the mirror, um, I would, I would, really pull everything in the best that I could, and there was a lot of me to pull in, and I'd look and go, that looks pretty good. <laughs> and then I would move away from the mirror and go, ah. <laughs> I would hold on to that other image. Well, you know, um, 
if we're not honest, you know, when we look in a mirror, see, it's, it's not helping us. But we, the Bible, you know, just reflects what's going on so that we can see it. Then the other thing about, uh, you know, you're, for a lot of us, our eyesight goes south at about 45, I don't know, 50s, 40. But it's very helpful because when you look in a mirror without your glasses, you're still okay. Every now and again, I'll walk into the bathroom in the mirror with their glasses on and go, ah! <laughs> Who's the old guy in the mirror? <laughs> it's very scary. Some people are chuckling because they get it. So I've learned to shave without my glasses. I just want to feel because I don't really want to see. All right. I don't know why I said that either. So, so it's like a mirror. All right. So it's also like a lamp or a light. And... and uh, Let's look at a couple of those verses. So, oh, we get to go to the Psalms now. We're going back to the Old Testament. Psalms are kind of in the middle. And, and uh, you, should, you should know where the Psalms are because the Psalms are awesome. If you've ever been here before, you've heard me say it. I wrote a book about a devotional book about the Psalms. I love the Psalms. Psalms. You should be reading the Psalms every day, my opinion. And uh, because they're honest and they're real. And I love the Psalms. They don't, you know, the psalmists, they just call it like it is. They're having a good day, they're talking about it. If they're having a bad day, they're talking about that and everything in between. And I think that's really important for us to know that, that we can do that. So let's look at Psalm 119. Psalm 119 is the longest psalm in the Bible. I'm just throwing that in as an extra. And uh, Psalm, You know, there's something interesting. If you read Psalm 119, there's a lot of the Scripture. Every one of those verses mentions the Word of God in it. Every single one of them, in some way, talks about the Word of God, except there's two verses in that whole psalm that don't. So next time you're reading through Psalm 119, try and find them. But you'll look through every one, uh, and if you do it right now, you'll see. But we're going to look at verse 105, and it says this. Your Word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. Uh, and and uh, it also says in verse 130, read that there too. Let's see. The unfolding of your words gives light. It gives understanding to the simple. So um, the, the, the picture there is, is the Bible is a symbol of a lamp and a light. What that means is, is that you can see in the dark. So the, the Word of God provides spiritual guidance and helps you find your way out of the darkness of sin. It helps us find our way out of the enemy's mess and into the kingdom uh, where where his light is. And so, you know, you, you start to see there's another picture. All right, um, water and, and, and rain. Let's look at Isaiah. Isaiah is one of the my, main prophets. Now, you ought to be able to find Isaiah. You want to look through and uh, he's not far after. It's, it's Psalms and Proverbs, and then you start getting to... Uh, uh, Song of Solomon is after that. Ecclesiastes, Song of Solomon, then Isaiah. Uh, and Isaiah is a wonderful uh, book. If you've never read Isaiah, you probably should. Isaiah 55. So that's chapter 55. And verse 10. And 11. And 10. As the rain and the snow come down from heaven and do not return to it without watering the earth and making it bud and flourish so that it yields seed for the sower and bread for the eater, 
So is my word that goes out from my mouth, it will not return to me empty, but will accomplish what I desire and achieve the purpose for which I sent it. So there's, there's something about rain and water. Let's look at Ephesians way back in the New Testament. Now, remember, we were there once, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Acts, Romans, First and Second Corinthians, Gentiles, Greek Orthodox, Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians, Galatians, Ephesians, chapter 5, verse 26, and we read this already, to make her holy cleansing her by the washing with water through the word. So rain and water, very refreshing and refreshing, and the word of God is compared to rain and water because it refreshes you spiritually. So it's a picture of the refreshment that comes from the word of God. Now, there's also, if you go on in the rest of those symbols, we're not going to cover them all. There's, a, there's a one about food. You should look that up. The Bible is compared to food. It quenches natural hunger. Well, food does, and, and the Bible quenches spiritual hunger. And uh, just as food helps us to grow naturally, you know, and physical, the Bible helps us to grow spiritually. Uh, it's compared to a fire. Uh, the, and there's a symbol of fire, and the fire refines precious metals and and. Um, you know, the word acts as a fire in your spiritual life to help you burn out the stuff that shouldn't be there. It's called a hammer. It breaks, you know, hard, hardened hearts into pieces so they can be made you know, malleable before the Lord. A, sir, a sword, uh, the Bible's a sword. It's a seed. It's like a seed. It's honey and gold, all those verses in there. And uh, so I want you to take some time this week and look them up and see what's happening, see what the symbols mean. And there's also, throughout the Bible, descriptions of God's Word. And so the Bible uh, is called things like the spirit of life, the words of eternal life, precious, pure, true, right, the word of life, the word of salvation, the word of faith, perfect, counselor, faithful, settled, heritage, word of righteousness, righteous and very faithful, upright, delight. See, all those things are in there. And what I want you to do this week is, is take some time and just kind of work through those verses and, and uh, look them up and read them. If you have time, read them in context. Read what's going on and just get used to finding your way around some of the different ideas in Scripture. Because this one of the ways we learn about the Bible is understanding it in sort of a, a general way. And then what we'll do in the week ahead, we'll start looking at how to study it more specifically so that you start getting down to a study of a book and a study of a chapter and a study of a passage and a study of a verse and how those things all to go together and a study of a word and... and uh, because the Bible is alive, it, it is so much for us to get out of it, but we need to get a hold of it, and, and it needs to become a part of what we do. I've been talking to you about that on the weekends. You, you have got to make time for this in, in your world. Remember, we have a very real enemy who's trying to keep you from it. I said it the other week. The enemy, if he can, if he can keep you from reading the Bible and from praying, he wins in some level. He might have lost you for eternity because you're a believer, but he's made you ineffective, and you're not experiencing life the way Jesus came to have it. So, um, you know, I always, I get the distractions that come in life, and, and so I just make it a priority. You've got to spend some time in the book every day. You've got to read it, and then as you read it, you know, you need to dig in a little deeper, and we'll, start, we'll give you some ideas on how to do simple Bible studies that you can do just so you continue to learn and grow on this journey. And that's something that we have to do you never completely get this mastered. You'll know it all when you get to be with Jesus because he's going to make it like that. But it's something that you work on your entire 
lives here because we're learning more and more about him and what that looks like. So that's where we're going to end it today. And uh, if you're watching my video, thanks for watching. Come and visit us when you get a chance. And uh, good. If you have prayer requests, why don't you pass them up to me and I'll pray for you. And then I'm going to go upstairs with the young adults and see what they have to say. Pastor Barry's up in the back.